Welcome to episode 10, part two of the Foul Vine podcast, where everything wine and baseball is in fair territory. Look, big paper, I increase my wealth, uh, red wine, that's good for my health, uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, uh, allow me to introduce myself, I said, hey, episode 10, part two, part two, let's get it, welcome to part two, Vineyard Vibes, let's get it, let's get Um, into it, the winter meetings were crazy, there were a lot of stuff happening, uh, more so than in years past, I feel like. I mean, it was pretty, pretty busy. Um, but to start off, well, there's some league news. Um, Don Mattingly was named the Blue Jays bench coach. Pretty big signing. Yeah, the Blue Jays, good presence in the clubhouse. Donnie Baseball, what a legend! Don, Donnie Baseball with John Schneider, going to be a good, good duo. Um, so. It was just reported that um, the Mariners also promoted Andy McKay to assistant general manager. Um, he's a good follow on Twitter for people that like to follow different baseball people on on social media. Um, he was running the he was the field uh, director, I believe, beforehand, um, and he's been a big part of their player development. Um, a lot of their pitchers developing a lot of their guys they've drafted he's played a big role there so he got bumped up to assistant general manager um let's see oh we also had the passing of two-time say young award winner and hall of famer gaylord perry so rest mm-hmm. in peace gaylord perry he was with the um i believe that he's with multiple teams but i think mostly the giants and cleveland for most of his career so that that also happened um brian sweeney was named the royals pitching coach he had uh, recently served as cleveland's bullpen coach the last three years so it seems like cleveland has a lot of um coaches and and um people in their front office that are you know often plucked away uh because they do such a good job of development and um you know they're they always have a very talented front office as we saw with our favorite Jen Wolf yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um, Baseball America named their executive of the year, uh, GM Alex Anthopoulos from the Braves, former Blue nice. Jay. Yeah, checks out. I see that for them, for sure. So, um, also, I highly recommend everyone looking into, I was going to mention quickly, the Joe Musgrove Antarctica story. That was pretty cool. He, I, I forget the cause, but he traveled down to Antarctica. And he was going to set a record for the fastest pitch thrown on Antarctica. Um, and I, I, I heard the story on another podcast where they said he had to give scientists like his average release point, his his average velocity. It was pretty funny. Like he had to give all these metrics, which I'm sure he had very um, handily, you know, by his side. But um, then, you know, he, they had to pass all these tests to go down there. Uh, but there was uh, some videos on, I, I believe MLB posted them. Um, pretty cool story. Yeah, I think he was there for the Penguins or and or climate change. Um, yeah, was, okay. Yeah. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Also, league news that I, um, for me, um, my friend and um, former UMass Doobie, um, Dan O'Coin, who was with Driveline, he was with the Reds, he um, is now with the Phillies. Oh, cool. What's his role? I don't know exactly. I'm going to catch up with him, but I just thought you might find that interesting. And um, the Phillies not only beef up their their roster, but they beef up their front office as well. Awesome. That's good to hear. Congrats, Dan. Uh, for people who don't know, Dan was um, actually mentored me in my first job with the Blue Jays. I've never met him in person. It was all virtually. Um, he had the job before me in the Appy League. And then when I met Sarah the next year, I learned that they had been friends from UMass and have known each other for a while. So congrats, Dan. Yeah. Congrats, Danny boy. Um, this one, I, I, Jason Castro retired, uh, mm-hmm. former Astro, um, Stanford guy, pretty good defensive catcher. I had a good career. He announced his retirement this week. Um, also Fred McGriff was elected to the contemporary era hall of fame. Yeah. Um, 
during the winter meetings. I believe this is a new thing. Is that correct? It's I players so. from the eighties on that are getting like a second look, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so congrats, Fred McGriff. I wonder yeah. crime if dog. This, crime dog, yeah. I wonder if um some of the steroid era guys are gonna get second looks on this ballot. Mm, yeah, How's Barry, that? Roger, yeah. who else? Um, yeah, McGuire, mate. I don't know. Mm, McGuire, yeah. Warlock. Um, also, unfortunately, local news Brian Reynolds requested a trade from the Pirates. Yeah, not surprised, but still kind of a bummer, right? He doesn't, he was like, nah, I want to be out of Pittsburgh. I don't want to be Yenzer anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunate news, especially for Pirates fans, because I know that, you know, Pittsburgh is a small market, but if, you know, there's a good team here, the, Yinzers will show up and I know he's in the prime of his career so I'm sure he's looking to win now so hopefully they can work something out um if not best of luck to Brian Reynolds do you have any idea or um predictions of where he'll get traded to yeah um I think there's a few suitors um I know the Blue Jays are looking for a left-handed bat um they are actually trying to unload one of their catchers. And I don't know if that's really a need for the pirates. Like they have two really good catchers really close to the big leagues. Um, and the Yankees obviously have been rumored. Um, I don't know if they will do that. They definitely have the chips to play with to pull off that trade. Um, but yeah, I think those two come to mind. I don't know. There, I'm sure there are others. I mean, anyone would want Brian Reynolds. Yeah. When you mentioned the catchers and that not really being a need for the Pirates makes me think, ooh, three-team trade. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I didn't even think – because honestly, that's I forget the trade, but that's how the Pirates acquired Andy Rodriguez, who's their top prospect right mm-hmm. now, from the Mets. So. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's the, definitely a possibility too. And lastly, um, another retirement, Rick Porcello, former mm-hmm. Cy Young. Um, he had kind of an up-and-down career, had some good years at Detroit. Good year in Boston. Um, he just announced his retirement. So, thanks for the memes, Rick. <laughs> and then we have a couple trades before we get into you know free agency and everything that went down in the winter meetings. Um, actually, these happened at the winter meetings as well. But um, the Mariners acquired Colton Wong from the uh, Brewers for outfielder Jesse Winker and utility. Role player Abraham Toro, former yeah, Astro. My guy, my guy. He's been moving around a lot. He's. I, I hope he carves out a role in Milwaukee. Um, maybe a change of scenery will be good for Jesse Winker too. He's back in the NL Central, and um, the Mariners got their left-handed hitting second baseman that they were they're coveting. I think just another left-handed bat. I know they were looking at possibly Glaber Torres as well, but um, Colton Wong's a good player. He's I, a great he, player. Yeah, for sure. So. I agree. Yeah, I'm excited. Also, just be living in Pittsburgh now, I'll get to see Abraham Toro more often because he's in the NL Central. So selfishly, I'm excited for that as well. I saw a lot of Pirates fans and friends of mine saying that they're happy that Colton Wong is no longer facing the Pirates because <laughs> he's been with the Cardinals and the Brewers. So um, yeah, yeah, best of luck to him in the Pacific Northwest. Secondly, the Mets acquired left-handed pitcher Brooks Raley from the Rays for left-handed minor leaguer Keyshawn Askew. Hmm. So I'm not, I don't know much about the prospect, but one thing that I thought the Mets needed was a left-handed reliever. And they have they got a good one. Brooks Raley had, I think, a few saves with the Rays. You know, the Rays kind of use multiple guys in save situations. And uh you know, I think if the Rays are going after someone and find something um, worth, you know, acquiring a pitcher from another team, I think you're, that raises, you know, flags. Like, hey, there's something about that guy because the Rays are pretty good at finding these guys in other organizations. Um, I forget where Rayleigh came from beforehand, but it's a good acquisition for the Mets. They've had a good couple weeks and it's definitely a need of theirs bulking up their bullpen. Yeah, for sure. They've been been very active. So we'll see what he does in New York. I mean, the media market is a little bit different um, and the pressure for those relievers is a, a tad bit higher in New York, I'd yeah. say. So. 
We'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's not for everyone for sure. Um, lastly, the Braves acquired right-handed pitcher um, reliever Joe Jimenez from the Tigers uh, for a minor league outfielder and left-hand pitcher, lower-level guys. Um, but yeah, Braves. It's kind of an you know um, not a sexy trade, but it was a need. Uh, bulking up their bullpen. I, I don't think you can ever have too many arms in your pen. So, um, yeah, they, they added a guy who's good in, in the back end of a bullpen, and um, they have multiple options there now. Nice. All right, I'm bringing up the Rule 5 draft results, which, to be honest with you, I haven't really looked at much, but I know that the Pirates lost a lot of guys. Yeah, the Rule 5 is always interesting because it really does test your depth of farm system, of yeah. player development, and um, it really, there's a lot of strategic pieces on who you bring up to the 40-man because you don't want them to get taken in the Rule 5 draft, and I think a lot of Rule 5 selections don't really get a lot of attention but maybe should and so i'm glad we're spending time on it today because it's part of the game that not a lot of people talk about right free agency is the big the splashy headline stuff but rule five still still matters and still makes a difference so especially long term you know for players and in the system that are going to another club or this is their first chance making a, a 40 man and there's just a lot of things that happen behind the scenes with the rule five that impact a major league roster that doesn't get talked about a lot or that don't get no, talked absolutely. about absolutely absolutely and i think you see this um strategic part a lot with teams like the rays who often have this deep upper minors you know rosters where they have to you'll see them making trades up until the 40 man deadline in november just to um you know because they know they're not going to be able to protect some guys or, um, you know, get the right amount of guys on the 40 man that they want to protect. Um, it is really strategic. Um, I think it's after how many years in the, do you know off the top of your head that they have to be added to the 40 man? So you either become a free agent or added to the 40 man. Um, I believe it's seven years, seven years. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it isn't covered enough and you often do. There are some guys that have been plucked in the 40 man that are notable. Well, players. maybe it's less what's so this says any players that were 18 and under at the time of their original signing and were signed in 2018 or earlier. So 28, so five years. Yeah, for some reason I thought it was four or five years, but okay, so it's uh, five years, but it depends on their age with their original signing. So any players that are 19 or older and assigned in 2019 or earlier are then mm -hmm. eligible. So it has to do with both um age and time in minor leagues. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. Um, so that make I guess that it's different even with the Latin American signings because you're a lot of those guys are getting signed at like 16 years old. Um so um i'm looking at the results now the number one overall pick was fad ward right-handed pitcher from the red sox he got um taken by the nationals number one so um i think that means he gets automatically added to the 40-man correct correct so there's and a major league phase and a minor league phase, correct? So the major league phase, these guys have to be added to the 40 man. So you're not, you can actually pass up a pick too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And you don't have to participate in mm -hmm. the rule five draft. You don't have to pick someone that who's eligible from another club. You can say, you know what? We don't really um, want to take anyone on our 40 man roster. So we're just going to pass on the rule five. And then the minor league phase, I, I guess, depending on the level of the player that you're drafting, is like you you have to put them on that roster depending on which level you are at in that draft. Yeah, they they don't have to go on the forty man, um, which is nice. So they're just usually they just go to the same level. Um, one notable was that um, Jared. Oliva or Oliva um, actually is no longer a pirate. He's now at the Angels because he got taken in the Rule Five minor league draft by those uh. by the Angels. Um, another notable 
um, for me personally is Peter Solomon. He was Pirate, with right? the he was with the Pirates, but before that, he um, was with the Astros. So he was a minor league guy when I was a minor league assistant. So I um, got to know him pretty well. And he's now with the D-backs. And then another notable name in this for me as well is Jonathan Arauz, also former Astro minor leaguer when I was there. I didn't see he was taken. Yeah, so he was with the Red Sox for a little while. Then he got picked up by the Orioles. Um, and he's now got taken by the Mets interesting okay yeah. yeah i actually liked him i saw him in the minors too in the in appy league i liked him as a player um and also on the major league phase if a guy isn't on the 40 man at a certain time isn't he returned to the team that he was taken from yes that's correct so it's actually kind of a little awkward and funny but i've been at a minor league facility when guys return from another team and it's like hey sorry mm. welcome back i guess sorry didn't work out <laughs> for you in the majors and you have to come back to the to the team that passed you up um one notable one for me is that second overall pick was first baseman ryan noda he's a former bluefield blue jay um drafted by the blue jays in 16 17 um he got plucked by the oakland a's and then for for me and you sarah um i see the round one of the minor league phase shervin newton was taken by mm. the royals former met that's right very cool. Um, so also for listeners out there who aren't that familiar with the Rule 5, um, there are two major league rounds. So um, you can pass in the first round, and then some teams may use the second round to get another pick. But this year, um, all the teams passed for the second round. So it was just a one-round Rule 5 draft for the major league side. Pretty cool. Um, also, I guess... Let's talk about the MLB draft lottery because mm, yeah. those results were um, announced at the winter meetings on day two, I believe. Yeah, before the Rule Five. Before the Rule Five, um, our locally the Pirates got the first pick. Let's go! Hey, yeah, that was so exciting. They had pretty good odds, um, but yeah. if this were still in the old format, they would be the fourth or fifth round pick or not round, they'd be the fourth, fifth overall pick. And now with the lottery, they're first overall. So that's pretty, pretty exciting cool. for them. Yeah. Yeah, there are um, a few guys that I'm really excited about on the college side. Um, I mean, this this stuff is going to change come the springtime when the college season starts. But one name to look out for, I'm just going to say now, is Dylan Cruz from LSU. Um, <laughs> he's one of my favorite bats I've, I've watched in college for a long time. So, um, But yeah, it's pretty exciting for locally for the Pirates to get that first pick. Yeah, very much so. Um, one team that I noticed that really um, improved their draft pick was the Twins. Minnesota climbed oh, up. five. Yeah. So, I mean, let's let's run through the top ten real quick. We got the Pirates. We got the Nationals. We got the Tigers, Rangers, Twins, A's, Reds, Royals, Rockies, and Marlins. So those are your top 10 for next year. Right. And the one that, like I said before, stands out really is min the Twins, Minnesota. Like yeah. They should not be in there in the mindset of years past in a draft being earlier picks or the worst records from the year before. And you just see Minnesota in the top 10. You're like, wait, what? What's happening? You, they got lucky for sure. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm interested to see how this like all plays out with this being the first year they're doing the lottery i wonder if they're eventually going to expand the lottery um but no pretty cool um we'll we'll see come june or july whenever the draft is this, this year yeah shout out to uh the pirates front office that video is so funny of them getting excited <laughs> about their pick so get to see uh, some happy faces in there for sure definitely All right. Well, let's transition to free agents. Free agency. We will have an update on our uh, little wager too by the end. Yes. Yeah. We'll give you updates of who got what right, who got what wrong. Spoiler alert: we got a lot wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Some got more right than the others. <laughs> um. All right. So to start off. Cincinnati signed Luke Mail 
former Bucko to a one-year contract. He'll probably be their backup catcher this year behind Tyler Stevenson. Um, the Angels signed former Astro Chris Davinsky mm-hmm. to a one-year deal. So they add to their bullpen depth. The Angels were pretty active the past week. But love to see it. You got two best players in the world. You you should definitely try to win. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, the Washington Nationals signed Heimer Candelario from the Tigers uh, to a one-year deal. He was a former top prospect. Um, hasn't really worked out. Um, in Detroit, so you know maybe a change of scenery can. Uh, Nationals are like a good fit for a guy like that. The Dodgers signed Shel- Shelby Miller to a minor league deal. Uh, former top pitcher for the Cardinals. He he had like some arm surgeries. He hasn't been the same since, but who knows? The Dodgers will probably turn him into Walker Bueller now. So yeah. <laughs> he's um, definitely a name, and they have the development history of turning you know coal into diamonds so we'll see yeah like i remember last year when they signed andrew heaney and tyler anderson i've watched those guys in pittsburgh and with the yankees and i'm like why are they going after these guys and they've had great years so shelby miller i i would take a flyer on shelby miller and if you're a fantasy guy but um lewin diaz we talked about him on the last episode um so he was recently claimed off waivers from the Marlins. They actually DFA'd him to make room for Slam Tana. Slam Tana. Carlos <laughs> Slam Tana. Um, so, short stay. Um, you know, it was nice getting to know you, Lewin. Um, he was actually just claimed off waivers by the Orioles. So, maybe he'll fit in there. Um, left-handed pitcher Matt Boyd returns to Detroit after a short stint mm. in Seattle on a one-year deal. Detroit is definitely trying to take that next step. They've got a, a lot of young pitchers with uh, Matt Manning and Casey Mize is getting Tommy John. So, you know, Matt Boyd fi- being finally healthy, maybe he'll, you know, be a spark to their rotation this year. One signing I really like, Zach Eflin. Mm-hmm. I've always been a big Zach Eflin fan. Um, he signed a three year, $40 million deal for the Rays. The biggest, I think it's the biggest contract in Rays history. Um, but, Awesome for Eflin. Um, he m- returns home to Florida, and uh, the Rays rotation looks really good. McClanahan doesn't it always? It always does, but this like th- I feel like this is the deepest in most star-studded rotation they've had. Like Glasnow, McClanahan, um, Rasmus, Rasmussen, um, Jeffrey Springs, and now Eflin. And Eflin was also used as a back end of the bullpen guy for the Phillies going into the playoffs. So who knows if they're even going to use him in the rotation. True. Yeah, they always have some trickery up their sleeves, those those arrays. Yep, yep. Um, right-handed pitcher Miguel Castro signed with the Arizona Dimebacks for one year. Miguel was recently with the Yankees. He was a good mid-rotation guy. Struggles with command at times, but throws hard. Um so the Diamondbacks are definitely trying to, they're young. They're trying to, you know, rebuild that team and, and uh, you know, compete against a tough division with San Diego, LA, and San Francisco. So um, good low-key signing for them. The Boston Red Sox signed right-handed pitcher Chris Martin um, for a, to a two-year deal. He's been with the Dodgers and the Braves. And uh, one area where they've lacked is pitching overall so mm-hmm. sure. definitely definitely a, a good signing for them to beef up their bullpen former red Sox franchi cordero first baseman and out corner outfielder just signed with the orioles um i'm not sure if this is a minor or major league deal could be a minor deal but regardless good depth for them um you know and i think the orioles are going to take another step this year um, Giants claimed right-handed pitcher Miguel Yajure off waivers from the Pirates. Um, recently acquired pitcher from the Yankees for the Pirates. For well, I think he was in the tie-on trade, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, he was. Yeah, uh, he definitely has. Giants are also really good at working with pitchers. He has a lot of upside as a potential back-end rotation uh, guy with a lot of different pitches and command. So, um, 
you know, he you could I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in the Giants rotation this year. Uh D backs claimed Ali Sanchez off waivers uh from the Pirates. I honestly didn't know he was on the Pirates, but he's a former Met. He was down in Florida when we were there. Um so hopefully he works his way up into the major league roster. So now we start with some big signings. Yeah, before we get that, I did see that the Dodgers signed Jason Hayward to a minor league deal. I don't know if I had that one. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Um, kind of do a little Is it a you said a minor deal? A minor league deal, yeah. Okay. With, which is very interesting. I mean, he he could have lived off that Cubs contract for the rest of his life. Like yeah. he doesn't need to continue to play baseball. So now they're going to have um, Shelby Miller, former Cardinal Shelby Miller, and Jason Hayward. Just they're going to resurrect both of them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Great. Um, the Rangers signed the Degrominator. Yeah, Jacob Degrom. Did. Five years, one hundred eighty-five million. What do you think, Sarah? I mean, I told you the Rangers were going to be active and they were going to get pitching. I just had the wrong pitchers attached to them. <laughs> but I'm not surprised by this at all. Um, he, he's, I could see him living in Texas. I see the Rangers being very much in hot pursuit of winning a title this year. So, yeah, not surprised at all, um, to be honest. But it was very exciting to see just bummed that I didn't pick him going to the Rangers. <laughs> Yeah, no, it just seemed like all the rumors about him wanting to potentially go to Texas, like he was like considering Houston and Texas. And um, I, it just seemed like he wanted to go there. I saw a, a report that he didn't even give, like the Mets didn't even get a chance to um, give a counter proposal. So wow. um, it seems like he was set on leaving. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I, I, I'm a little bit... I'm skeptical of Texas being, I mean, I like Bruce Bochy as a manager. I'm skeptical of them being competitive in that division against the Astros and Mariners. They have all their money tied into Seager, um, who's a really good player, but Semyon, who started to regress last year, and now DeGrom, a 34-year-old pitcher, 35-year-old pitcher, who has had trouble staying healthy for a full year. So we'll see. They definitely have a lot of, needs outside of pitching um so we'll see yeah i don't think this is the last we'll see of them this offseason definitely not definitely not um next the orioles sign right-handed pitcher kyle gibson who is also rumored to go um to have interest at the pirates as well um they add a rotation back-end rotation veteran presence um so you know that's another pitcher who could definitely help out with some of the young prospects coming up grayson rodriguez top pitching prospect um i think it's only a one-year deal so mm. i thought you said we're gonna get into big signings and i wouldn't really consider kyle gibson a big signing we have some big ones we have <laughs> okay ones. let's go through our our list all righty um we have let me pull up our list real quick yeah our top 15 Alrighty, first, Aaron Judge. The big kahuna. <laughs> Got the 9-9 on the back of my chair right here. He signed a nine-year, $360 million contract with the Yankees to return. So much money, and that's for a very long time. It is. The, the amount of long-term contracts the past week has been insane. Yeah, it's um, been astounding, truly. I think there are others that are more concerning than than this one, honestly. But um, I'm just happy he's back. Um, I'll worry about the money later. <laughs> <laughs> and um, where did you have him? You didn't even have get this one right. This but... is yeah, you did, and this is one I'm happy to be wrong on. This was reverse psychology on my end. That's the okay. strategy here. That's fair. Um, I don't know. I just thought that he, he was very. He's very good with his words in the media. He's very cryptic all year. Whenever, whenever anyone asked him about um, free agency and then with the way the season ended, and I don't know, I just thought that if anyone would be able to pluck him away, it would be his hometown team. So I'm happy he's back. It sounded like he was always going to come back. Um, that's kind of the sense I got. 
like after he signed, it seemed like he was obviously it's free agency. What's what you do? You use, you know, other offers as leverage. Um, it came out in the media that the Giants were offering him way more than the Yankees' initial offer of eight three hundred. So, I think that helped get Steinbrenner over to three sixty in another year. So, I'm happy he's back. That's all I can say. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. He's gonna be he's gonna be in the Bronx for a while, man. So get used to it. Get comfortable. They have a lot of other moves to make. Um, they so right now as the roster stands are as good as last year, this past season. So now they have to continue adding and um, think about what to do with Hicks and Donaldson. Like they need to get some guys off the roster. Well, as well, I, I see them trading Glaber Torres. We'll see. Um, but next Trey Turner, we both got this right. Hey, yeah, we knew it. We called that. It was, I feel like it was always Philly. It yeah. was never a doubt. Like K long his former hitting coach. Bryce Harper, they're good friends, and the need for Trey Turner in there, like he's the perfect fit for them. Yeah, for sure. But talk about a long contract! Holy smokes, eleven years! Are you kidding? Yeah, that was eleven years. What was the final on that? Eleven years, three hundred. <laughs> it was like twenty-seven, twenty-eight a year. I mean, I think it might be front the might be front loaded, but yeah, he got 11 years i mean that who wouldn't take that that's so long that's longer than a whole freaking decade i think he's also the i think he's also the type of player whose skill set might be able to age well um so i'm like i i think it's a good deal i I don't but they also have 13 years invested into bryce harper um it just depends uh i like judges contract might start to scare me in a couple years but um Good, good signing for the Phillies. They definitely, they definitely got better. Good job, Falvine team. We got it right, Scotty. Two, two to one, Sarah. <laughs> um, Carlos Correa has not signed, and I have a feeling that Sarah's going to get this one too because I chose the Orioles as like an upset pick. You chose the Giants. The Giants missed out on Judge, but now I think they're going to really go out for a splashy move. Um, they're going to go in all in on one of the remaining guys, and he seems like a logical answer. Yeah, I obviously agree because I picked him, so uh, <laughs> I hope that's right. <laughs> also, another possible destination for him, if the Red Sox want to mm. pick things up, I think like that that would be somewhat helpful here after losing Xander and Mookie in the past couple of years. But um, I don't know. I don't. I don't see them doing it either. Uh, I don't I see them the... doing it either. They don't have enough pieces now around to lure him in. You know what I no, mean? They've just... just Devers. Yeah, exactly. Poor Devers. I know. Um, but what are your thoughts too? I, I saw a report that the Dodgers are not willing to bring Cray in because of what it would, how it would resonate with the fan base. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I, I have, uh, mixed feelings. I, in one side, I really respect that. I think that's awesome. But then on the other side, it makes me think, well, what if the Yankees never signed Babe Ruth out of respect for the Red Sox, you know, or like, what if the Red Sox never let go of Babe Ruth because of their fandom? You know what I mean? Like, obviously it's a little bit different because Carlos Correa seemingly disrespected the entire, uh, Mm -hmm. fan base of the Dodgers, but that's what makes me think it's like, okay, what if Johnny Damon ne- never, you know, shaved his beard or like what came over to the Yankees or mm. all the other trades that kind of are iconic at this point or free agency signings that are iconic, like A-Rod even, you know, just uh, as a Yankee fan, I hated A-Rod. But when he mm-hmm. came to the Yankees, like I didn't disown the Yankees because of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I would I would love the Yankees to sign Carlos Correa. I mean, I, I would absolutely love it. I My take on it is I think it's kind of lame, and I doubt that that's true. I think if you're willing to bring in someone like Trevor Bauer for record money, I think you should be totally fine bringing in Carlos Correa. Yeah, because he uh, actually treats his wife with respect. So. Yes. That we that we know of. I hope that so. we know. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I I, I think I, I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me. I hope that's just a rumor. But yeah, that's a really good point. The Bauer thing, like God dang. 
fourth, we already talked about Jacob DeGrom. I got that one right. You predicted Cardinals. So 2-2 two, two, uh, between me and you. Okay. We're tied for now. Okay. <laughs> uh, fifth, Justin Verlander. Oh, this one really got We both me. got this wrong. We thought he was going to the Astros, but, you know, as every day passed after we did this podcast, when we predicted, um, it really seemed like he was not going back to Houston. I like know. It, so. Well, it makes sense to me. Like, like, so the case for me thinking he might go to the Dodgers is similar to why I think he signed with New York or a New York team. He loves the big market, but his wife, you know, is that supermodel. They probably already are in LA and New York all the time anyway. So it just makes sense for him to pick one of those locations for his family. I also have a hot take here. I actually think the so the Mets signed him for two years, eighty six million. Just to put that out there, um, I actually think the Mets are have the better contract. Uh, I think the Mets, you know, so they quickly turned to Verlander after Degrom left, right? Mm -hmm. I think Verlander is going to be more productive over the next two years, and Degrom will be in the next five. I don't know if that's really a hot take, only because I agree with it. Mm -hmm. But I but like just with know. how dominant, like I don't like that's not disrespect to DeGrom's game. Like I obviously I think he's tremendous, but uh Verlander when he like he, you know, other than when he had his Tommy John, he's been a horse and very productive. And him and Scherzer at the top of the rotation. I know they're both older, but they've both been pretty consistent at the end of their career. So Yeah, for sure. I just hope the Mets don't mess it up for him. Don't, you know what I mean? Like don't hope mess it him get up. Metsy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Metsy as a getsy. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, but yeah, so uh, good for the Mets. Good signing there. Um, next, we got Xander Bogarts. Um, we kind of touched on the Red Sox needing to, you know, recoup that value that they lost. I think Xander Bogarts is one of the most consistent players in baseball. Like he's an automatic three fifteen. For sure. Um, Where did you have him going? I had the Cubs. You had him going back to the Red Sox. Mm. I didn't see San Diego. Like San Diego is like wanted to make a splash. Like they missed out on Judge. Um, I forget who else they were going in on, but they really wanted to make a splash. Eleven years, two hundred and eighty million that's for so, Xander. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Do you think he his skills age as well as Trey Turner's? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I think he'll always he could turn into a guy that's just got like a very good, consistent bat. But um, I don't know how he's going to age defensively. He's good defensively now, uh, but they have Tatis. Like they're going to play Tatis in right field uh, when he comes back. And um, I, I didn't think Bogarts would get anywhere close. I thought he'd get like seven years. Um, but yeah. hey, good for him. Got the bag. Good for San Diego. This is actually one thing I wanted to say. This is really good for baseball. A small market like San Diego spending money like this. Uh, they have an owner that wants to win. And I I just think it's good for the game. I, I love it. Yeah, for sure. It's so exciting. It just makes me sad for a Red Sox fan, which I never thought I'd say <laughs> as a Yankees fan growing up. But Southern California is really just ripping out Boston's heart and taking uh, it with they them. They really are. Do you think that Heim Bloom is on the hot seat? In Boston? Yes, definitely. I think he was last year, and so mm. I continue to think he is this year. I, I, I just don't get how you you can't let in their prime Mookie, Xander, and Devers, and apparently their talks with Devers aren't even close. Mm. Um, and I, for me, I would give Devers a blank check and say, <laughs> "Give me your amount," because he's a gr top ten player in baseball right now. Maybe like, yes, I don't think definitely. it's crazy he to should. say. He should be the prince of Boston. He should yeah. like roll out the red carpet for this guy. But losing Bogarts makes that even harder to bring him back. And I don't know if he's trying to run the Red Sox like the Rays. I just don't think it works. Like you could, you can bring the tools you learned from the Rays and do it even better in Boston because you have more money. And I don't know what the, what it's like at the ownership level if they're if they're trying to spend less. But um. I mean, it's Boston's gonna riot. <laughs> Honestly, there's yeah, the fans are so upset. I don't even know what they're doing. Like, Fenway is probably gonna host more hockey games than baseball games this year because fans aren't gonna show up. They're they're very upset about this because they're not. The Red Sox aren't doing anything to help the club at all. Yeah, no, exactly. Sad to see it, but um, 
good for good for Xander getting the bag. Um, yeah, next, for sure. Carlos Rodon hasn't signed yet. You picked Cubs. I picked Mets. I don't think. I mean, Steve Cohen blasted through every level of the luxury tax. He literally named the last level of the luxury tax after him, and he blasted <laughs> through it. So um, Uncle Stevie strikes. I don't think he's going to get Carlos Rodon for seven years. I think he's going to make other signings. Um, but it looks like your pick might be more likely, the Cubs. I hope so, especially with their other signings that we'll get to in a bit. It's like, oh, they're actually they're doing stuff this offseason, so. Yeah, no, it'd be he's gonna get like six years. I think the Yankees might be after him too. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, next, Dansby Swanson hasn't signed yet. You pick twins, that's a good pick because I know they're trying to bring back um Correa, but they definitely want a shortstop. I pick Dodgers, which I also think is likely because mm-hmm. the Dodgers need a shortstop and they're not gonna pick Correa, maybe clearly, maybe. Yeah, so <laughs> he's a uh, he's a obvious option for them uh bring reunite him with freddie freeman Mm. but we'll see where he signs hopefully soon brandon nemo hey i texted sarah took the lead yeah i texted this to you last night but looks like the cowboys a city slicker now baby He's he's a new yorker for life yeah eight years 162 million um i picked rockies you picked mets sarah's up three two um I took good signing. I, I love Nemo as a player. I think he's very underrated and he, he he's a he's a Met. I don't know. I just see a Met when I, I see Brandon Nemo. Yeah, for sure. I mean he's been in his whole career thus far, so that's probably why. Connor asked, um, he's like, I don't really recognize that name. I was like, he's the guy who runs any time he gets a walk. He's like, Oh, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> No, good uh, good signing for the Mets, um, bringing him back. Um, I did good. also think it's a good signing for Nimmo. Eight years. Yeah, as, good for him. Yeah, right? I'm very proud of him. I was like, I don't know about what the Mets are doing, but it, honestly, it's a good deal for both parts because it's it's not that much money for an eight-year contract. No, no, exactly. Um, next, Wilson Contreras. He, we both got this one wrong. Ugh. I picked Astros, which I thought was likely. You picked Rays. Um, he ended up going to division rival, the St. Louis Cardinals. He's going to be the successor to Yadier Molina. I like that. When you put it that way, I like it. Yeah. I, I mean, great for him. Great for the Cardinals. I, I you know, always view the Cardinals as prioritizing defense behind the plate. I think once we get an automated strike zone, it's that's going to be less and less, um, you know, of value to teams. He's definitely one of the better offensive catchers in baseball. So... Good signing for the Cardinals. Next, Jose Abreu. We both got this one wrong too. Jose oh, signed with the Houston Astros for <sighs> 360. Gosh, I picked dang. back to White Sox because I thought that the White Sox needed to bring him back. New manager, got to keep that crew together. They don't really have a ton of depth, but they, you know. Um, at least keep the the core of that team together. You picked crosstown rival Cubs. Um, he went to the Astros. The Astros replaced Yuli Gurriel with Abreu. Uh, they got better, and they just won the World Series. It's, it's the annoying. AL run. The <laughs> AL runs for Houston. It's it is what it is. Yeah, it's it is kind of annoying, but I like it. I like teams that um, know how to keep getting better because it is really baseball is really cyclical and it's once you're at the top it's really hard to stay at the top so good for them was very surprised they you know like yuli guriel la pina he's he's a heart of the astros especially fan base and clubhouse like alex bregman is his best friend basically you know the two of them love each other it's just like was very surprised that the astros let him go but time and time again we see this it's a business it's not about the relationships that players forge or even what they mean to the town aka bets and uh, bogart so it's a business and they made a savvy business move yeah no and don't get me wrong like gary is still a good hitter at 39 years old but i mean if you have a chance to get say a bray i think you take it so yeah no well done astros well done um chris bassett has not signed yet. We both picked twins. 
Um, I don't know if he goes back to the Mets, um, but I think he's a good, he's 34 years old. He's apparently looking for like five, six years. So Dodgers sound like a, a likely option. Um, I think the twins are definitely an option too, depending on the money. Maybe um, even the Rangers, you know, me thinking they're going to get up all maybe the, the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a name to look out for here soon, along with the next guy, Nathan Eovaldi, who you picked Rangers as well. <laughs> <laughs> they, all the, every pitcher come to Texas. I mean, I just said that except for the <laughs> one that actually did sign. <laughs> yeah. Um, I said he's going to go back to Boston. I really think Boston needs to bring him back too. So they need to do a lot of things. Um, Andrew Benintendi next. Sarah's love for the Rangers continues. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I said he returns to the Yankees. Honestly, that's looking less and less likely. I'd love to bring Benny back. Um, I know if they have a chance to trade for Brian Reynolds, they'll probably do that before they bring back Benny. He also, I think yesterday's price is not today's price after the Brandon Nimmo signing. I think his price tag went up too. Yeah, um, I think Brandon Nimmo's um, puzzle piece in the free agency market is that oh now people are going to be asking for a longer contracts and probably if not more money so like we were saying nimos isn't a lot of money but it's a long contract for a guy um with similar tools to ben attendee so and ben attendee is honestly better so he's probably going to get the same maybe year count but with more money yeah no definitely um so unfortunately i don't see him coming back to the new york but we'll see We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he'll sign soon after some of the bigger chips have fallen. Um, lastly, number 15, Kode Senga, the top Japanese prospect. We both picked Boston. I don't see that happening. Um, I've seen the Mets are still in on him, and that would make them out on Bassett probably. I also saw a report that the Padres are really close to potentially signing him. So AJ Preller's all in. Yeah. Um, love that. Um, so he is, a, an, uh, you know, I know he, th he's like upper mid to upper nineties. Um, I've never really seen him throw, but he is the top international prospect coming over this year. So, um, definitely we'll see where he ends up excited to see him throw. All right. So what are the final, um, standings as of now and remind the listeners what's at stake? Do I have to say the score, Sarah? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, Sarah's up three to two, and whoever loses has to put on dreadful Boston gear for a whole entire episode. I, I'm gonna have to make some calls. I need Anthony and Volody back on the Red Sox. I need Chris Bassett. Well, you have Chris Bassett on the Twins too. Um, I need Benny and the Yankees. I need Radon with the Mets. I need I need a prayer. I do. I don't want to put on Boston gear. I want to see you do that. So I'm hoping I can eke this one out, keep the lead. Here we go. Final, you know, we're getting down to it. Love it. We are. We are. Just want to I also want to touch on a couple like additional signings that weren't top 15. I'll just run through. Yeah, them some real honorable quick. mentions for sure. Yeah. Um, so Josh Bell signed with Cleveland for two years, 33 million. They got another big bat in the middle of the lineup that they needed and a first baseman. Rangers signed Andrew Heaney to a two-year deal, another pitcher, Sarah, and a pitcher's ballpark, <laughs> extreme fly ball pitcher. Good fit for him. Yeah. Cubs signed Cody Bellinger to a one-year $17.5 million deal. Wonder if the shift being banned is going to, you know, help a guy like Bellinger who's very pull heavy. Um, he had a, he was an MVP a couple years ago. Uh, it's a good bet for the Cubs at this time. Yeah. I'm also excited to see him in Pittsburgh now a lot more because yeah. he'll be in the NL central. Yeah. Um, Philly signed Taiwan Walker to a four year, $72 million deal. It's a good rotation piece. I feel like that just adds more depth. So now they have Wheeler, Nola, um, Ranger Suarez and Taiwan Walker. We also have Giants signing Mitch Hanniger to a three-year, $43.5 million deal. Mitch Hanniger has been a good, reliable, middle-of-the-order bat for Seattle the last couple of years. I think they quickly turned to him after they knew Judge was going back. Yeah. Um, we also have the Cubs signing Jameson Tyon to a four-year, $68 million. 
good for Tyon getting the bag. Um, you know, that's a good rotation piece. He'll be joining Justin Steele, Mutt Marcus Stroman, Kyle Hendricks. The Cubs are quickly trying to rebuild that roster. Yeah, I was honestly surprised at that time went to the Cubs, but good for good for both sides. Good for Jameson and good for the Cubs. Absolutely. And then a couple more. We have Mets signing Jose Quintana to a two-year $26 million deal. Good so again also for makes, both sides there too. Absolutely. So that also makes, you know, a deal for Bassett less likely in New York, but good depth for the Mets. Uh the Red Sox signed Kenley Jansen to a two-year $32 million deal. It's a good deal for Boston, good deal for Kenley. They add a closer, which they so badly needed. Closer who is still really good. He had 40 plus saves last year. So yeah, for sure. Um, and then lastly, the Mets signed David Robertson to a one-year $10 million deal, literally announced right after the Nemo deal last night. They add another arm to their bullpen. They go way above the luxury tax. The Mets are all in. Uncle Stevie's here to win a ship. <laughs> and um, that's the free agency talk we have for the past week. It's been crazy, and I hope it continues to be crazy. The stove is hot. The stove is so hot. I tweeted this. The stove is so hot that I put a kettle on and I was so ready to spill the tea today because there's so much tea going around. This is great. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, no, this is this is great. I'm um, I'm excited. We still have a, a few of the top 15 guys left, and we still have some other names that I think you're going to start seeing more trades too. So we're not done yet. Yeah. Oh, well, no, we're far from over. It's been really exciting, though. This has probably been the most exciting winter meetings in a long time. And um, it's good for the game, good for baseball, getting people to new stadiums with new threads on, getting you know more exposure to different fans of the really good players that are on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm already excited for next season, but um, excited to see what happens in the next week or so. We will be back next week to recap, hopefully, some more hot stove. Yes, definitely. Um, hopefully we'll have a guest as well. And I think it'll be our final episode of the year because then it'll be Christmas and New Year's and, you know, we'll have to take a little break. But doesn't mean you guys can't keep listening to the previous catch episodes, up. catch up, um, message us on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love your input your feedback if you want we'll you know add us on twitter we'll give you a shout out on the show i'm really thankful for your listenerships so shout out viners we love you shout out to the viners all right well we don't have any wine because it's an afternoon shoot but um i'll still say cheers friends salute salute Intro music by Jordan Montgomery and Driving Well Black Records. Uh, look, big paper, I increase my wealth. Uh, red wine, that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. I said, big paper, I increase my wealth. Huh. Red wine, that's good for my health. Uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's. Huh? Allow me to introduce myself. 